Hello, my people. I just still do not have this intro down, and I probably never will. Uh, welcome back to Nurture the Mind. Uh, this is my podcast. Um, lately, I've just been like every time I put out an episode, I really just whatever it is that's on my mind, that's what I decide to talk about. And so um, I usually wait t- towards the end of the week, which is probably not a good idea. And then usually like on Friday or Saturday, all of a sudden I'm like, all right, that's what I'm going to talk about. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Elon Musk purchasing Twitter because it's obviously been a hot topic um, over the last week or so, ever since it happened. And I've been having a lot of conversations at work with clients and members and, and co-workers about what they think about this. And then, you know, just trying to figure out, like, what would I do with $44 billion? What would I purchase? I, I probably wouldn't go straight towards buying Twitter. That would not be my first mode of action. Uh, but anyways, you know, I, I figured it would be a good subject to dive into and see what we could unpack and explore. And I actually have three articles on my computer, so if you see me turning over here, um, that's what I'm doing, is kind of reading from that to kind of pull some information to get some different ideas out there. And then probably halfway through, I'm gonna go grab some coffee because I have that uh, making right now on the pot. But yeah, so let's just start off. Elon Musk, uh, the guy has done a lot of incredible things over the years, started Tesla. Um, I don't know if he actually began doing this, but I know he had plans to dig tunnels under LA and build some sort of like train system to transport people because the traffic is so bad in LA. And I imagine if that was ever successful, you could take that and you could do that to other big cities. Uh, across the U.S., but then um, he's made flamethrowers. Um, he's sending rockets and different things to space and to Mars. He's, he's talked about trying to put our human life, our species, on Mars to survive. If it, like obviously because um, our planet has a very much a overpopulation issue, and now the guy is buying Twitter. So what is he up to? Uh, a lot of people call this guy mad, but no matter what, you have to have mad for the guy because of everything that he's accomplished in business and, and in his life. And I don't even know how old he is, but he's already accomplished so much. He's probably 40s or 50s. He's somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, the, the reason that I really wanted to talk about it and dive into it is because um, now all of a sudden you're seeing like these political views evolve and people are saying, mostly people that are on the left are saying that Elon Musk is, you know, abusing his power, obviously because he has a lot of money to buy the uh, platform. Like, how could uh, the people that own Twitter now, how could they say no to that? That's a lot of money on the table. And all these people on the left are trying to attack Elon and say that he has these ulterior motives to um, essentially, like, influence elections and abuse his power of buying Twitter. And... Now, I don't know Elon personally, obviously, never met the guy, so I don't know what his intentions are, but from what I've seen, because he's been on Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast a few times, 
Um, I'm very fascinated by the things that he does. So I started watching the documentary of him on Netflix, or I don't know if it's about him, but it's about um, SpaceX and them trying to get up to space. And um, he's just a very fascinating individual. You kind of have to be uh, captivated by what he's done in his life. And um, from what I've seen so far of this guy through interviews and whatnot, and just kind of his moral ethic code, I, I don't believe he's up to anything fishy. If anything, it seems like he's trying to restore free speech on that platform because we know that that has eroded. And a lot of people will probably deny that and that's okay but it's it's true and that's why i've brought up these articles because it shows that um there were some fishy things that have been going on at twitter and probably obviously facebook and instagram all social media platforms fishy things that have been going on for a long time unacknowledged and as soon as elon purchases this platform all these things come to the surface so um, I, I just think it's very interesting and it's very timely and I'm actually, I, I support the decision. Um, I do have trust in Elon. Again, I don't know the guy, but it seems like this is probably the best move for Twitter. Uh, even though their employees were freaking out and everybody on the left was like, oh, you know, what the hell is he going to do? He's going to take this over and become a fucking tyrant, which is, I don't know, it's just blasphemy. And I think that by them doing that, that kind of exposes their side. It's like, if you have to react way, then what are you trying to hide? And again, I'm going to get to these articles in a second, but that proves um, just by like the censorship that has been going on at Twitter, how once Elon took over, a lot of people, a lot of conservative candidates, um, their Twitter profiles gained massive amounts of subscribers. And then people that were on the left that used Twitter their subscriber count went down, even if it wasn't, you know, like an astronomical number, it was still like 10,000. And I just find that odd. I, I think that's something that all of us need to take a, a deeper look into because the discourse that's been going on in society for a while now, mainly I would say over the last two years surrounding COVID and whatnot, it was like if you were on the opposing side of the mainstream media and their agenda, if you had an opposing view, very logical view though, but it opposed their view and their agenda, you would get silenced for saying those things. There were some things like, um, oh, what is it? Now I'm going to blank on examples, but you have the use of ivermectin and hydrochloroquine as an effective therapeutic for treating COVID-19, especially in the early stages. That was outlawed for a long time. Like you could not talk about the internet. Like that was considered disinformation. But as the course of the two year, the last two years have rolled out, they now know, well, they actually, they knew that back in April of 2020, but they censored it. They didn't show it to people because if they did, obviously these big pharma companies would make any money off of the vaccine. Um, not to get too far off the subject because I could go in a thousand different ways with this, but what I'm saying is that one of the biggest problems here that I think has been exposed early on by Elon Musk over Twitter is there has been this censorship issue, and it's not just on Twitter, it's on other social media platforms where certain people and certain views get censored so their opinions and, and their way of thinking doesn't get promoted to other people because the other pe the people mainly on the left that have an agenda and ha and want to propagate, to, to have propaganda on these certain issues and push it out in a certain way, they want that other side to get lost. And it's, it's a very big problem and it should be alarming to a lot of people. That's why I've been asking this question 
amongst people that I've run into contact with, whether it be at work, clients, stuff like that, or friends that I have, because um, I, I think this is a big move for Elon and for our society, hopefully. I, I mean, I got rid of Twitter. Uh, what was that? I think I got rid of Twitter last year, but even before I got rid of Twitter, I didn't really use it that much. Um, so, I mean, it's not something that, it's, it's not a platform that I use that often. I, actually, the only one that I know is Instagram. But I, this is a problem across the board. That's why I think this is a huge victory, um, not even for, j just for our society, just for humans. You know, we need to be able to have discourse across the board, whether that be face-to-face -face or online. And you can't just shut down somebody's views and opinions you don't agree with them. I mean, I thought that that was the whole purpose of democracy is to have two different sides. And that's what happened in our government. You know, you have Democrat and you have Republican. And the whole idea of having two parties is not to get people on the extreme sides of the far right and the far left to just constantly disagree with each other. But they have to continuously talk and iron out issues. And sometimes Republican viewpoints are going to prevail. And sometimes Democratic viewpoints are going to prevail. But you cannot censor people. That that is very communist in its in its nature is to not let people talk and to not let people have discussion. And that is what the reason why over the last two years. But then even before that, I would say even back to 2016, when Donald Trump took office is like we've gotten further and further away in society to have productive disagreements. We shut people down. We don't even listen to them anymore. And there's a huge problem with that because. Um, so say for me, because I'm just going to come out there and say it right now so you guys know where I stand. I am not vaccinated. I don't believe coronavirus was not a real thing. It obviously is a real thing. It did impact people's lives. It did kill people. But it's not it's not as serious as the way that it got blown out to be. And the fact that we spent two plus years worrying about what other people thought about us if we didn't wear a mask in restaurants or, you know, wherever. Or, like, if you criticized some of the things that they were pushing in the media, you would get blasted from the other side. And like that, that's very stressful. Like I like to think of myself as a very hardened person that could just go up and be courageous and talk up things. But like I got fucking shit from my family. I got shit from my work when I was still working full time at COC, um, you know, just, I, all across the board. And, you know, I wish I had more courage in the beginning to say, no, fuck you guys. I'm not going to wear a mask. Fuck you. I'm not going to get the vaccine. It didn't start out that way because we we were essentially harassed. We were bullied into having to wear masks, you know, at, at college because I was still going to Simpson, uh, my job. And then just it wasn't a, it wasn't until like um, probably January or February of last year when I really finally took a stand and said, no, I'm fucking do this anymore. And I agree with, uh, you know, most of the people that. I look up to and, I, you know, because I, I come into making this video with a lot of research. You probably don't believe me, but like I've spent countless hours researching everything related to COVID and um, just, you know, the way that history repeats itself. And the biggest thing that I tried to say in the beginning, if you put on a mask, if you keep giving up your simplistic rights, that's what's going to cause them to want to take more and more and more and more away from you. So I think that honestly, we should have never started wearing masks. And I wish that I had the fucking balls in the beginning to do that. But besides the fact, because I'm kind of going on a rant now, I'm just trying to paint a picture for you guys is like so many people 
are afraid to speak out because of the criticism that they'll get, especially from people online that they've never fucking met. And so to sum this all up, the general gist before I get into the specifics of these articles is I think it's a great thing that Elon Musk took over Twitter because you're starting to see that curtain get peeled back and it's exposing the tactics of what the left has done for so fucking long, but people, some people were just not aware of. There are people like me that are aware of it, and there are people that I look up to that have been speaking about it for a long time, and you get labeled. You get labeled as racist, misogynist, fucking um, conspiracy theorist, like all the is that you could throw out there. And, um, you know, I, I wish I would have come out sooner and, like, talked about these things, but it's, it's taken me a while to get there. But regardless, uh, sorry for that rant. Just had to get all that shit off my chest. And we're going to go into these three articles. Don't know how much I'm going to read of it, but I'm just going to try and paint a full, a more full, complete picture of what this purchase of Twitter means. So the first one I got up is Twitter's chief censor making $17 million per year could be fired by Elon Musk. So let's just dive into this a little bit. Twitter's chief lawyer seen as the social network's top advocate for censoring conservatives is among the highly paid executives who stand to lose their job if Elon Musk completes his takeover of the company. Vajaya? Sounds like vagina. Uh, Vajaya Gadi? I don't even know how you pronounce that. Who earned $17 million last year as Twitter's top legal counsel could be on the chopping block as Musk is reportedly planning to slash jobs and reduce executive pay as he looks to secure financing for his Twitter. After disclosing this to quite earlier this month, Musk expressed no confidence in Twitter's current management, which doesn't bode well for the future once he takes the helm later this year. Nevertheless, Gap also stands to win a nice consolation prize if she's fired. The severance package worth $25 million includes the accelerated vesting of a trove of Twitter shares she has accrued. The 48-year-old Gaudi reportedly broke down how the future of Twitter has become a lightning rod for controversy in recent days due, to, due in no small part to Musk himself who tweeted a meme that painted, painted her as oblivious to the vote. So I'm not going to read the all these in the description below. But that's just like example. This girl, Vajay, who is the chief censor. It's crazy to me that even, that's even a title, that's even a job that you can hold. She's making $17 million a year to censor people. Like, where does that money come from? Are you getting that much money to censor people? And why is it so important you can pay $17 million a year to censor people? Again, going back to my later point, why are those views shut down? That seems a little odd to me. Why do you not want that information getting out there? And the first thing that people are going to say that disagree with me is they're conspiracy theorists and, oh, it's disinformation. But if, you, if, if you're on the left, you're a liberal, and you are so confident, like let's just use the COVID example again. If you are so confident on your research, masks are effective, vaccines are effective, everything that you're trying to push is backed by science, then why would you try and shut down other people's views? If you're so confident in your stance, why would you have to do that? That's what, that's what I don't get. That's what doesn't make sense. To me, it's like these people know that there is validity and there is volume behind, say, what a conservative would say, or just people that are questioning, you know, um, people that are critical of the government, people that are critical of big pharma, people that are critical of the media, which I think it's healthy to be critical because why would you just accept something at face value? You don't... The, the average person doesn't have all the knowledge. We don't actually know what's going on, even though we get all these stories that are pushed out to us. So that's my first piece right there is, you know, so again, people are framing Elon Musk as a fucking dictator. He's going to come in and cut this chick out. But Twitter definitely has a certain bias. These social media platforms have a certain bias. And confirmation bias is one of the most dangerous things that, that a human could come into a situation with. If you guys aren't familiar with what confirmation bias is, it's essentially, I think it's, you know, it kind of has to do with psychology, but it's like basically whatever you believe in 
and what becomes your ideology, the thing that you prescribe to, the thing that you build your identity around is what um, is going to influence all your conversations with, with people that disagree with you. And so a lady that is in control censoring, if she happens to be a liberal and is censoring conservative views, that, that's her confirmation bias taking over because she thinks that her side is right. So she's not going to listen to those other people or those opposing views. So we all have confirmation bias. It's actually something that we all need to be aware of. And it's something that we need to constantly question. And we need to talk to people on the other side to make sure that, you know, to, to figure out where there might be a lapse in our thinking is. That's why I think it's very healthy to talk to people that you disagree with, but you need to be able to have a healthy disagreement and not get shut down by the other side and have them say, you're this, you're that, and I'm not going to listen to your opinion, your viewpoint. You don't get anywhere. That's why there is no discourse. That why, that's why, like, free speech, I personally, I don't think it has existed in our success, in our society for a while, you know? You have all these people, these cancel, cancel culture vultures that come after people that they don't agree with. They did it to Joe Rogan. They've tried to do it to Andy Frisella. Uh, they might even try and do it to Elon Musk. But every time that happens, you you give more viewership to that person and then rational like-minded people that may have not heard of them can come along and see, oh, this guy's actually really cool. Oh, this guy's very open-minded. Like I'm going to start following him. So it just, it just never works. Cancel culture thing. But it, this is a very interesting first article and just kind of highlights some of that corruption um, from Twitter and the employees that are working there. So I'm going to go to the second here which is from fortune.com and the headline reads big Twitter accounts on the left are losing followers and those on the right are gaining since the Musk buyout was sealed. So a day after Elon Musk sealed the $44 billion deal to buy Twitter, prominent users on the platform have been seeing wild swings in their follower accounts. One of the first users to report a loss of followers was Shannon Watts, the founder of Moms Demand Action, an organization advocating for stronger gun control. She tweeted, I've lost over 300 followers so far today. Is Twitter finally cleaning up trolls? Author Chuck Wendig responded, I've lost about 1,000, and I believe it's people deleting accounts. That's anecdotal, though. Soon, a flood of other prominent blue-ticketed users came forward with the same complaint. Senior advisor and staff secretary to President Joe Biden, Neera Tandon, a gun control activist, David Hogg, and Star Wars actor Mark Hamill all tweeted out that they had lost several thousand followers since the deal was announced. However, largely missing from the list of users complaining about a loss of Twitter followers were conservative and right-wing accounts. In fact, a number of users in this group actually gained followers in, la in the last 24 hours. While users like Michelle Obama, Bernie Sanders, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez all lost more than 10,000 followers overnight. According to the data from social media analyst trackers, Social Blade, conservatives, conservatives like Ted Cruz, Newt Gingrich, and Laura Ingram gained. Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Georgia congressman, who had her personal Twitter account suspended after repeatedly spreading COVID-19 misinformation, saw her official government Twitter account gain 41,181 new followers last night. And just right below this, um, Twitter follower numbers make big swings. There's a graph that shows like the negative and then the positive. So 
again, I'm just I'm pointing this out to show you guys that something's happening. Do, do I 100% know why it's happening? No. Are they are, are Twitter executives or people that work there? Are they afraid that after Elon Musk has purchased that now all of these things are going to be are coming to light? They're like making these transitions. But either way, that exposes pretty much right there up front and center. Uh, you know, if you had to do that right away, then what are you trying to hide? And I, I think that's the biggest point that I'm trying to make is like, hey, like, let's look into this and let's talk about it and let's be reasonable. There has been shit that's been going on for a long time with these social media platforms and people have not been able to call it out, but now it's literally coming to the fucking surface. And I, I don't care if you don't know much about this or you don't agree with me, you have to acknowledge it. Like there is literal, literal data that is now emerged showcasing what's been going on for years on these platforms. And so, um, yeah, I just, I had to bring up that second article because it paints more of a picture. And again, you guys can go look at these articles because I'll put them down in the description below. Um, but the third one is from thewhost.com, and it says, Twitter workers face a reality they've long feared. Elon Musk as owner. Elon Musk, the world's richest man and self-proclaimed free speech defender, just bought Twitter. But he may lose its workforce in the process. On Twitter, in interviews and in internal company messages, workers at the San Francisco-based company, most of whom are remote, said they feared widespread demoralization and layoffs. Some employees were already looking for the exits, something that could create chaos for Twitter users in the coming months. But the heralded entrepreneur is a draw... To potential recruits, he's been able to poach top talent to both Tesla and SpaceX and other people outside Twitter are likely to be drawn to work for him. But management experts pointed out that a company with staffing shortages and broad resistance from its workforce would be dysfunctional, at least in the near term. And that Musk, who has no experience running companies that moderate content, would greatly need the expertise of people who have done so. Twitter's best asset would be the badge of honor that they carried by working at by working at Twitter and a mass exodus would exacerbate the perishable nature of that asset said Jeffrey Sonfeld, Lester Crown professor in the practice of management at the Yale School of Management and senior associate dean for leadership studies there was once MySpace and there was once AOL. These companies can die off if people run out the door. There's nothing at Twitter but the people. Employees familiar with Musk record who spoke on the condition of the an anonym, anonymity for fear of retribution say the billionaire businessman who has promoted coronavirus misinformation and criticized Twitter's decisions to permanently ban people in accounts that broke its rules will probably prefer to mold the company to his vision. They expect he may replace the current current leadership. Musk's own companies have been marked by turnover due to his harsh management style, and he has shown a willingness to fire or push out employees who disagree with him. So, again, I, I just want to point out from this article that, you know, Elon Musk hasn't, actually taken over twitter yet i mean yeah the news broke that he's he's going to buy it but like there's a lot of logistics that have to be finalized before he can actually take it over now you have all these people internally at twitter that are freaking out and they're trying to evacuate because they're afraid of elon musk taking over well, okay, but you don't actually know what the result is going to be just yet because he hasn't come in. So, again, it's like, I mean, you you guys have probably all experienced this. Have you been in a relationship and say, you know, your partner accuses you of cheating even though you haven't done anything wrong? But usually when a person does that, they're showcasing their cards. They're They're playing their cards and they're showing you what they've actually done. It's that guilty conscience. It's like... We got to scream and we got to make a lot, a lot of noise and we got to deflect 
and point the blame at somebody else because deep down we know that we're the ones that have actually done it. Now, again, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the facts, but I think it's funny. I think it's funny that there's this big fucking Twitter shit storm where all the employees are freaking out about losing their jobs and what's going to go on at Twitter. But you you see, you see, like I said, this curtain lifted. So all these conservative accounts are now getting all these followers back and people on the left, it's decreasing. So the numbers have been skewed. The reality that has been perpetuated throughout society is not actually accurate. You know, for these people like me, I would say I have more conservative views. I don't know if I would consider myself a conservative or a Republican, but definitely in the last two years, I've started to realize how crazy the left is and that I've that I probably have, you know, more views that end up on the right side. Just calling these things out, whether it be coronavirus, whether it be the things that happen with Black Lives Matter, the censorship, all this stuff, you could not do that. You could not do that because you would be ostracized by the other side. They would not let you speak. They would not let you talk. There would be no public discourse. And now all of a sudden, I think that they're showing their true colors and their asses on the fucking line with this move. And and I'm happy that Elon Musk took it over. And I and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how he's going to handle things. Um, like I said in this article, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience with um, managing content. So, I mean, he'd probably have to look for help. But I think he's doing it with the best interest in mind of the people. And that's what we need to get back to. And so... Anyways, um, that's essentially it. I, all I had was three articles. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know if any of that made sense. I probably went on fifty million different rants, but I felt like it was important to talk about. You know, it's um, it's definitely something that has. Sorry, I'm getting distracted here. It's definitely something that has been on my mind. Um, I've wanted to make more videos like this where I'm expressing my views and my opinions. You know, I've done a lot of self-development content and I haven't really talked about current events, but um, I do think it's so much, it's, it's, it's very important now. It's more important now probably than ever before just because of what we have coming up in this year with, uh, um, you know, the primaries. Um, or the midterms. And then in 2024, we have um, the presidential race that's going to come up. And I, I think a lot of these things need to get cleared, get cleared up before anybody makes um, their decisions on who they're going to vote for and who we're going to have in government. Um, because, it, it, and I know that this doesn't just, this isn't government, Elon's not in government, but there are a lot of things. There are a lot of people at stake making decisions, uh, you know, whether it be with social media companies that influence public opinion, that influence public discourse, that influence opinions on who they vote for, what they believe, you know, what what stances they take. And so it's important that we talk about it because if it's not addressed now, there's a lot of people that are going to go unconscious to this. And I think that there still are a lot of people that are unconscious to it, but a lot of people have woken up. And so I, I think it's my duty to talk about these things and, and give my opinion. And again, whether you like that or not, I don't really care. Um, if you want to have a discussion with me, I'm always open to that. I think that's the best way to do things. Um, 
But anyways, that's the video. So again, if you guys are new to the channel, please subscribe. Please like the video. Please share the message. If there's somebody out there that could benefit from hearing this, please just let them know where they can find my podcast and my YouTube channel. Um, and if you have any suggestions for videos, any topics that you want me to cover, just comment that in the section in the comment section below, and I will get to it at some point. Um, I appreciate your guys' support. Uh, it means a lot to me, and I can't wait to keep making these videos. And uh, yeah, so anyways, with that being said, have a great day, and I will see you guys on the next video.